Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora and welcome. From Radio New Zealand National, here's Our Changing World. Now on Our Changing World, designing the landscape. Landscape architect McAbbott is a renaissance man for the environment. He's a tramper, climber, ecologist, and an inventor of environmental children's games and activities. He's also an ecological app developer, has designed outdoors equipment, and he's a magazine columnist who muses on wilderness and nature. I visit Mick in the design lab at Lincoln University to hear about some of his current projects and why he wants to involve as many people as possible in meaningful restoration projects. This is a special country, particularly because of its ecology. It's the only place so many things are found, and what excites me is how that specialness can make all of the people living in this country special. And so, out of our relationship with this unique nature, what can we be doing so that we're as much changed by it as we change it? What's the Punakaiki Coastal Restoration Project? It's a project that's, that's evolved out of a major mining company, Rio Tinto, inheriting a site on the Barrytown Flats, uh, which was a pilot mining site, and then looking at that once that purpose was done is how do we restore that? And so they've invested many hundreds of thousands of dollars in um, setting up a project in which the forest is being brought back. And what we're doing with this project is rather than just ensuring that it's replanted in a correct way is to say how does that become part of a national park experience? How can people travel here and uh, be part of returning it to its former state? So we're in your design lab at Lincoln University and what we've got in front of us is a a big poster which is is how you begin to distill down what it is that you think the project's about. Yeah, well I think um, in every real situation there's opportunities to be uncovered but usually they come from trying to understand what are all the uh, issues and uh, constraints in a situation. Like here at Punakaiki, it's the only place you'll find um, the Westland Petrol. It's a, a very historic place. And also it's, it's one of the fastest growing national parks in terms of visitor numbers. And I suppose what we've particularly focused on is uh, from the Department of Conservation's research is while when they ask people what do you do in a conservation area, they might say they walk, they sightsee, they hike. Um, when, you, when those same people are asked what's the benefits of conservation, they talk about completely different things, which is preserving and protecting the environment, saving species, looking after it for future generations. So what we're trying to do is to design an experience that is about those values to be in a national park, so beyond walking and sightseeing. So what we've put together is, um, is, a, is a series of, of, of walks where you actually will be taught and shown how to plant a plant, how to do some pest tracking or monitoring, um, even setting traps and so on. And it'll be an experience where, just as a passing traveller, we've got 330-odd thousand people driving past this road every year can stop and just say, yeah, I'll give that a go, as much as some of the other things that you can do on New Zealand's tourism networks. It's a project 
built around the values of volunteering, so we're working with Conservation Volunteers New Zealand, um, so that the actual development of the facility, which is it's, it's now being returned to um, conservation land, are based around a volunteer ethic. So everything that we've designed is actually working to repurpose some of the components that are already there, but but we're hoping that there'll be projects that, say, the local Lions, along with a local building company, might get together and volunteer for this part, another group for another part. So it's, it's built by volunteers for volunteering. So tell me a bit more about conservation volunteering. That's quite a growing... Business is the wrong word, but a growing interest in people, isn't it? I would say that the fastest growing uh, outdoor activity these days is conservation. People want to go out and make a difference. They want to plant. They want to actually do their part. And so I suppose what we're trying to do is to make that available to even more people rather than those who are already passionate to sort of provide those first steps for people to give it a go. So in this Punakaiki restoration project, what kind of things are you imagining? So if I was a, a, a visitor turning up going, I want to be part of this, what are the kind of things that you imagine I'm going to be able to do? Well, the first thing that you'll do is you'll get off out of your car and you'll be shown a whole lot of pictures of people who have been here before with the saying, saying, join us. Because ultimately, yes, it's partly about the birds and the, and the plants, but it's very much about being part of a community and it's that social quality that we want to increase so it's not about working on your own but being part of a group and so when you come to this place there'll be a boardwalk that walks you right through the visitor centre so that you don't just go into the visitor centre and then hop back in your car and you're led out into a nursery where you can both see what's happening but also um, you can play your part, whether it's potting out plants or whether it's learning about the different assemblages of plants that are going to go in different areas. And then with a group, you'll be shown what to do and you'll go out onto the project and do your part. That will be recorded so that we can send you back um, stories of that, those plants you planted over time. Um, maybe you'll come back in future years to see them and carry on the project but also hopefully it'll seed other restoration plantings up and down the west coast. And that idea of continuing to give them information about how the plantings are doing, that's about seeding a connection with the landscape? Yeah, very much. Often ideas of sustainability and being environmental are very abstract. They're conceptual ideas, but, but the way people actually connect with those ideas is with place, it's with landscape, it's with making a difference in a specific place in a specific way. And I mean, that's the excitement I have for landscape architecture in terms of what it can bring to this country, is it's about connecting people to places, the way that people are beneficial, rather than just somehow being an impact, a negative impact on the environment. Is the idea that this eventually becomes part of the National Park? Uh, definitely, and the interesting aspect of that is we, we see it as becoming a National Park not to keep it away from the impact of people, but the only way it can become part of the National Park again is, is through the impact of people, that, that people are good for our native species if, the, if, we, if we channel our energies in productive ways. So this is a project that's on a wild piece of coast next to a National Park. Are you tackling projects that are in much more managed landscapes, like farming landscapes? Yeah, yeah, we've got a project working with Naitahu Farming on their airwell dairy development, where they're bringing in 20 dairy farms on northern, northern Canterbury Plains. And so part of that has been how can we bring in some of that ecological integrity into the project? 
So they've been working with my colleague, uh, Professor Nick Dickinson, um, the Department of Ecology, in terms of planting out reserve areas there. And we've been working on, I suppose, the areas around the, the farm that are about productive being productive, but bringing in the use particularly of native plants to create um, shelter belts and plantings that both support the function of the farm but also bring some ecological benefit at, at a really quite large regional scale. All up, there's around about 350 hectares being planted on this across this development. And because the development is, is of a very large scale, it's 20 by 10 kilometres is the sort of the, the spread of the sites, what we're able to do is to really distribute a native forest through the development. And so what it creates is um, a stepping stone for Kiruru and Tui to be able to go from the main divide across the Banks Peninsula. So what the Canterbury Plains for, for many native species is, is kind of like a barrier or a desert. And so what we're able to do in this development is to um, create that opportunity to connect Banks Peninsula, which is rapidly regenerating. And so a uh, hugely exciting project. And the line of sight takes you across that development through Christchurch and onto Banks Peninsula. So there's opportunities for the people of Christchurch to also be involved in helping create that corridor. One of the things that excites me, particularly in this project, is we tend to think that native species have to be planted almost in a faux naturel sense, that we create these sort of scenic backdrops where everything looks as though it was never disturbed, and that isn't the reality here. So what happens if we, if we actually see our native species as being able to be planted in quite an, a, a structured way? And so what we have here is there's um, well over half a million plants going in, and um, many totra, and we're working those so that there's a twin colonnade of, of totra as they run through um, across the plains, and in time they may have a harvest value, you know, beyond our lifetimes. But, but equally, um, aesthetically, they're a heck of a lot of fun to, to, to actually walk along and to sort of see that. You know, we, many people in Christchurch enjoy going into Hagley Park to see those rows of trees. Well, doing the same with our native species as well, because the ecological benefit can still be there, but also it can celebrate, just as the English oak celebrates something, well, our totara as well. So moving around your design lab, what else have we got? A project that's come from that one and another completely um, another part of the Canterbury Plains is here at Lincoln. Fonterra and the Department of Conservation have got together across five wetland sites in the country uh, what it calls the Living Water Project. They're trying to get maximum benefit in terms of how that they can, I suppose, in a wetland area, um, ensure that the ecological integrity of it is, is looked after while also understanding that it's part of a productive landscape. And so what we're looking at here in what's called the L2 catchment is how do we take this project, and particularly because it has a large and fast-growing town, Lincoln, within it, how can this bring value both to the environment but also to the people of this area? Lincoln has long been seen as a satellite of Christchurch and that it looks to the city. And Te Wahura, or Lake Ellesmere, has been seen as the backdoor of Lincoln. And the fact that even the various watercourses that run into the, into the lake tend to be called drains is sort of indicative of that relationship. So what we're trying to say is, well, what happens if Lincoln turns its face to Te Wahura, sees that as its front, 
Our focus at the moment is what's called Yars Flat, which is right where the L2 catchment comes in. Now, of course, it doesn't hasn't always been called the L2 catchment, but that's its common name now. It has been known as the Araria River and um, or stream, and we're very much looking to bringing that name back because it does run through from from, from Tewahora back to Lincoln. The stream runs all the way through, and we want to connect that. So our development is down here at the Araria wetland, and where we're sort of very much looking to do a restoration project down there. Now, in a conventional restoration project, the goal is to plant as many plants as possible to get the maximum ecological benefit. What we're trying to do in this project, though, is as much as plant plants, is to plant, the, for the people of Lincoln, a connection back to the lake. And so our goal is to actually create an environment where it's an enjoyable place to plant something, and you're creating something more than just something that has ecological benefit. And so we see very much that it's about how do we bring locals down here to plant their own connection to this place. So what this has in common with the other two projects that we've talked about is it's very much about connecting with local landscape yeah. and bringing people into it and getting them thinking about it in a different way than we currently do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think one of the most powerful motivators for people is to feel a sense of belonging. And if we want to truly understand what it means to belong in this country to our place, then that has to take place within the species that belong here. It's not one. It's not a sense of belonging based solely on exotic species, which, you know, at the current mindset of saying we have conservation lands and they're kept apart from people, actually sets us up to say that somehow the places that belong here are places that people can't belong to, and so we've set up the split that doesn't really offer us a productive way forward. Um, so that's sort of one of the real challenges, is, is how do we actually say through belonging we're actually good for what belongs here. And out of that process we'll belong even more. Who we are will reflect our ecology. Um, and so it's an exciting approach rather than sort of somehow we've got to keep this apart from people because people are bad. That was landscape architect McAbbott from the Design Lab at Lincoln University. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web radioNz.co.nz forward slash our changing world. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.